Why would you look outside yourself when you have all of the world inside? One, two, three, four. This is the Prying Priest Podcast, and I'm Father Yuri Hladio. You're listening to the first half of an unedited interview about the personal stories of amazing people and why they have come to believe what they do. For the second half of these interviews, you can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash pryingpriest. But for now, enjoy the show. Welcome, Daniel Dirksen, to the Prying Priest Podcast. Hello. Uh, This was an impromptu interview. I called you up about two hours ago and said, hey... You want to be on the podcast? I think it was three three hours ago, actually. But well, there's the time change. I'm in Southern Ontario. You're in Central Manitoba. So. That's true. In Manitoba, so, it was three. In hours. Manitoba, really. But right, right. <clears throat> the time. Uh, y- yes. Yeah, so this is the Prying Priest podcast. So this is a podcast that I do, <laughs> and <laughs> you're you're now one of the guests on it. Awesome. I, I did I, like extensive research on my um, preparing for this appearance on your podcast. So when I asked you about three hours ago uh, to be on the podcast, how much of me doing podcasting did you know about? Um, I think you told me that. So we we met on Zoom um, like a couple couple months ago, like just just to meet and kind of chat for a while. I think we were on there mm-hmm. for an hour or two, and um, I think you basically told me you you had a few podcast ideas. I think one you were doing with Justin Coop, um, and uh, I think that's pretty much it. That's all I knew. <laughs> Wow. Well, you're you're now a guest on this podcast. So, um, well, you're, yeah, you welcome. you'll be happy to know that I, this is the first podcast I've ever guested on. So, I don't think I've ever guested on anyone else's podcast, and I'm, I felt so sad about it that I thought, I, "What the heck? I'm going to start my own." <laughs> I'm going to show them podcast, and the only episode will be an interview with you. <laughs> a one a one episode podcast. A one episode podcast. It's going to be called uh, the Daniel Dirksen interview with Yuri Hladi. Uh, D- Daniel, you're probably one of the top people in my life that I want to keep in contact with as I grow older. I appreciate uh, that. that. That list of people is extremely small, uh, but you're, you're up there for sure. And uh, we have had a long and fruitful friendship through many ups and many downs. Uh, maybe you could give a quick rundown <laughs> of how you, how you know me, and then we can move from there. Yeah, sure. And then, and then I can tell you what I know about you. Okay, yeah, we can do that. So, you know, my memory of you, Yuri, is um, the first real memory I have of you is thinking that you were the German exchange student back in uh, in high school. Um, you joined us at, a, at MBCI, our, our high school in grade 11. And uh, I, I thought with the name like Yuri, and then there was another guy whose name was David, I thought between the two of you, you were more, most likely going to be the German exchange student. So, um I was uh, during a lunch break. Uh, Daniel Fraze and I, another of our mutual friends, um, were going up and, and watching the construction of the second floor link through the window there. And uh, you, lo and behold, Yuri Hladio walks up to us eating his sandwich, which was a no-no. There was a rule that you weren't supposed to be eating food in the hallways. And the first thing you ever said to me was, I guess I shouldn't be eating food in the hallways, hey. <laughs> And uh, and I looked I looked over at you and I'm trying to be welcoming and everything. So I thought, you know, I'm going to try and make myself a friend here. And uh, <laughs> here we are 15 years later. And uh, yeah, I'm just a rule breaker, you know. Yeah, you've always been a rule breaker. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I mean, and, and I think we've we, we did some pretty quick bonding over our mutual love of football, specifically Canadian football. Um, 
and uh, we've had lots of many discussions. I, I can't say, maybe I'm wrong, you can tell me, I can't say there's ever been a time when we've been like, actually like angry at each other. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Even though, even though the Winnipeg Blue Bombers beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Grey Cup last, you know, November twenty nineteen. So yeah, that's true. But you I'm said, still, in, I'm still in denial about that, though. I'm still waiting said, for them to take the field. <laughs> so am I. Um, you, you, you said that there were lots of ups and downs in our friendship, and and I was when you said that, I was trying to think. Well, I don't even know what you would characterize as being the downs in our friendship, other than that great cup matchup um you know just under a year ago Mm -hmm. yeah not many downs i guess our downs just aren't that low you know which is good i mean i mean i think um i actually remember having this conversation with my sister because my sister knows i mean my siblings know a little bit about you not that they know you extensively or whatever but um we were having this conversation about like what it would take for you and i to (laughs) be so angry with each other that we wouldn't speak to each other and we couldn't come up with a situation. And my sister told me that um, it's just because like, I'm a fairly easygoing guy. You're a fairly easygoing guy. Like we kind of just let things um, slide off our backs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that's why we get along so well. I, I wonder if we live together, how long that would last. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's a recipe for, for disaster. I think. I think you and I are very well, similar in some ways, but there's there's certain things in a living situation that I'm not sure we'd be able to handle with each other. So like a lot of people in our culture today, religion is not something that actually comes up a lot mm-hmm. in just in casual conversation. People totally. say, you know, you shouldn't talk politics or religion. Um, but nowadays, everyone's screaming about politics, but then not saying nothing about religion at all. Uh, so I actually, we, we talk about football, we talk about everything, but I only know a very little bit about your sort of religious upbringing and religious mm-hmm. uh, ethos and everything like that. We met at a Mennonite high school, but I was wondering if you could maybe take me back to your to your childhood home <laughs> and just sort of give me a quick rundown of what religion was like at home or what did it mean or how important was it? Yeah, you know, it was always there. It was It was always there. I mean, that was with my parents. My parents always every sunday it was we go to church sunday 9:45 church service at at our church our home church is fort gary emc in in fort gary and um that's in winnipeg for all our non winnipeg listeners yeah sorry yeah, that's in winnipeg in south winnipeg on the just just off of the university of manitoba fort gary campus um that was our home church and my parents started going there basically when i was born so um like literally it's been 31 years that they've been, that they've been going or that they have belonged to that church. And so to me, it was always just, that was, that was our home church. And it was every Sunday, um, you know, I could wake up at nine 30 and we'd be going to church. Like there was no, there was no getting out of it sort of thing. Um, so did you try, did you try to get out of it? You know, I don't think I ever tried to get out of it. Um, I, I I think there's stories of my brother, my older brother Eric, trying to get out of it, which is funny because now he's, um, you know, he's way more into kind of the, the- theology and, and philosophy than I am, um, and and he's he's taken education to that effect too. I I never tried to get out of it, but you know, it was it was just always it was always there, and 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 my parents were really um, really good about not really forcing it on us, but but having you know, it was it was always Sunday morning we go. Um, 
And so growing up, it was, I, I have two older siblings, so I have an older sister and older brother. Um, and growing up, it was, you know, I would go to Sunday school and my older sister who's eight years older than me would be going to youth group. And then four years later, my brother would go into youth group. So it was just three or four years later, I would be going to youth group. And um, so growing up, I was always attending church and I, I developed a lot of these relationships and friendships with people that are around our age. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, I, I got into youth group and I went a couple of times and it just wasn't really for me. And I think, um, I don't know why that is, but I think maybe around that time was when I was starting to really develop into kind of the person that I am in terms of, I don't, I'm not the kind of person, and you know this, Yuri, that has like a million friends. I'm not like, I, I'd rather, I have a small group of people that I consider really close friends. And so I think that was sort of that first time that I, that I thought of myself as that. Um, so in my extensive preparation for this podcast in the last three and a half hours, um, you know, I was thinking about my history and everything like that. And it kept coming back to sort of the relationships that I've developed and the friendships that I have. And, you know, whether it was because there wasn't enough people that were my age in, in the youth group that were actually in, in my grade, um, or if it was just that I didn't, there wasn't anybody that was quite like me, I guess. Um, it just never was really for me. And so I went a couple times, um, never really felt like I fit in and it wasn't really anybody's fault. And the youth leader at the time was, was really good with trying to get me to fit in. And he would, um, you know, invite me to, to like go out of his way to invite me to the youth groups. And he would, um, you know, I, I can think of a couple times where he would even just go just with me to go, you know, get ice cream or get whatever. Um, but I just never really fit in to, to the groups there. And a couple times I, I ended up going to a group with, um, with Daniel Bergman, who was, who was a previous uh, guest on this podcast, mm -hmm. to his church's youth group. And, you know, even there, it was kind of like, it was fun. It was great. I, I really appreciated that. I appreciated him inviting me and I appreciated the, the friendship and everything like that. But um, it was, even there, it was kind of felt like I was a visitor. I was a bit of a, a bit of an outsider. So Growing up, you know, I never really developed those kinds of friendships in, in the church setting, but I still really appreciated the fellowship that I got on Sunday, Sunday mornings. And I still really appreciated, um, I guess, the leadership because the, the pastor at the time at Fort Gary was um, uh, for 10 years, his name was Leighton Friesen. He's now the conference pastor with, with the EMC. And I really look up to him because he was, he, he reminded me a little bit of, of me, I guess a little bit. Like he liked to, he was a bit really easygoing guy. He like had a good sense of humor. Um, I, I ended up doing my baptism classes with him. And uh, so I, I, I think back to the relationships I developed with him and, you know, I think just growing up, I had, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was that, I mean, I guess that's sort of the extent of what I was thinking about. Right, right. Uh, can you give a quick uh, rundown of what "quote unquote" youth group would look like? Like, what does it actually entail, or, and, and all that? Yeah, so it would be, you know, it, it would be sort of a social type of thing. So there would be like a games night, for example, at, at the church. Um, sometimes it would be, you know, you would go. It could be like a bowling night or something. Like it was sort of once a week. I remember it was always Thursday nights. Um, you know, you go bowling one day, or you would go. Um, uh, what what else I'm trying to think of this is 
you know, you would, it was almost like a social event just to get everybody of that age together. And then there was the junior youth and the senior youth. Um, and sometimes there would be a junior youth night or a senior youth night. It would just be kind of getting everybody together in a social setting, playing some games together, um, maybe doing some, you know, uh, some Bible study, that sort of thing. And I remember going to a couple of those. Um, but the only time I was ever really involved with it was Sunday school and, and on Sunday morning. And there was a couple people that, that I would be friends with that we would have a good time. And um, I, <laughs> it's, this is, it's funny that this is what I remember from those Sunday school, but there was a foosball table in our youth group, youth group uh, room in the Sunday school room. And every Sunday, me and this other guy that was around my age um, would play a game of foosball. And we would always play up to 10 like you do. And I remember that was, that was our tradition. Always at the end of Sunday school, we'd go and we'd play. And um, there was one class in particular where the, the, the activity or, or the youth leader had decided we were going to have a prayer time. And it was sort of like, you know, you can sit and you can reflect and pray and, when you're ready to leave, you can leave just, but it was everybody's quiet time. And me and this guy were, were done and we were ready to go. And we were like looking at each other and we're like, do, do, can we still play the foosball? Like, what do we do? And we still tried. <laughs> and and we tried playing it like really quietly. Anybody that's played foosball, you can't play foosball quietly. So we're like really, really like trying to be like muffled with the hits and everything like that. And I remember the youth leader, um, came over to us and he was just like, like maybe, maybe now is not the time. <laughs> That's what I remember though. That's the biggest thing. I don't remember anything from any of the Bible studies, but I remember that. Right. Right. And then what, at the church that you went to, what yeah. was a gathering like? Uh, so the two part question, one yeah. is what was the gathering like in general? And then two would be, what did you, what do you appreciate about that? I guess what what did you appreciate about that kind of model? Do you mean or like a, maybe what did you not appreciate, or what do you think could be improved? Do you mean like on a Sunday morning service? Yeah, like what what does a Sunday morning look like, and then what did you like or dislike about it? Yeah, it was you know it would it would always be you'd have I mean your traditional sort of Mennonite service, which I realize your listeners might not all know what that looks like, but it would be you know a few songs to at the start, four or five songs to start, a mixture of hymns or choruses or some of the newer, I guess, worship music. Um, there would be scripture reading. There would often be somebody coming in to do a little um, a little spot on whether it was like a missionary or if it was, um, you know, somebody maybe, for example, like Inner City Youth Alive, somebody would come and talk about the service and the, and the stuff that they're doing there. And then you would have your, you know, 20 to 30 minute sermon, usually by the pastor, but there would often be guests. And we had a, and still do have, um, 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 I think his his title is minister. His name is Cameron McKenzie. He would often kind of come in if the pastor wasn't speaking that morning. Like the Cameron McKenzie. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I forgot you know him, right? <laughs> and uh, he, so, you know, the, either the pastor would do that. And then after that would be basically a closing song and a benediction. And, and that was it. And it would usually be about an hour, hour 15, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And and in terms of what I got out of it, you know, I've always been a musical person. So I liked, I enjoyed the music. Um, I've been musical since I was, you know, seven or eight years old. I've been involved with with some form of music. And so I always appreciated that part of it. Um, 
What didn't I appreciate? You know, that's a good question. Um, You're just such an easygoing guy. You don't want to say that you know, <laughs> you don't appreciate. It. I mean, you know, it would always depend on what the what the what the material was that morning, right? Like if it right, was, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes some people just are are better speakers than others. So right, I mean, yeah. I hate to say it, but you go if somebody goes up there and isn't an engaging speaker, um, and I mean, this doesn't just go for church; this goes for anything, right? If somebody goes up and isn't an engaging speaker, um, it can feel like a lot longer than it is. Mm-hmm. And I feel so guilty saying that. <laughs> right. So, so I, my, my upbringing, some people know, was that I was an Orthodox kid in a not Orthodox context. Right. Right. So, so I did go to church and the people that I went to church with were Orthodox, but all of my friends were usually various types of Protestant Christians and all the people I interacted with, even my extended family are mostly Catholic yeah. Um, and there are definitely touchstones, but it's just, it's not quite the same thing. So me growing up, I always had to be able to sort of give an explanation of my orthodoxness. Right. Um, and, and I feel like I only had basically one of two paths that I could go down. One was just to say that nothing matters at all, or to like, you know, beliefs don't matter, what, whatever, whatever, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, or to really try and be able to define. And, and, and in my younger days, I was definitely more perhaps belligerent or um, strong-willed about me being right and um, digging my heels in, so to speak. When you were younger, you were, you say? <laughs> <laughs> more so when I was younger. <laughs> uh, the way I described it to Justin in the Praying Priest episode with Justin, um, which is episode number two, was that, well, I think it was with him. Oh, I don't even remember anymore. That when I moved to Winnipeg, I held on to the only two, because th- I never wanted to move to Winnipeg, ever, right. ever, yeah. ever, ever. I held on to the two things that I could hold on to. And one was the Hamilton Tiger Cats, right. the Canadian football team, and the other was my Orthodox faith. Yeah. yeah so I dug in my fair. heels on both of those. Um, but it seems to me that you obviously didn't have that same kind of experience of having to sort of always give an account of your tradition and, and your faith and everything. No, and it's interesting. Is that, is, that, is that right? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because um, just as we're talking now, I'm kind of thinking to myself about how, you know, between the ages of zero and um, 11 or 12, you know, it was kind of always the, the only people that I was surrounded by that were, um, uh, you know, Christian were basically from my church, situ- uh, my church. And it's not that I had these friends from other places or other schools or other churches. And then I, I went to MBCI in grade seven. And um, all of a sudden I was surrounded by these other people that I'd never met before, but were in very similar situations to me, you know. So Daniel Bergman being one of them earlier we mentioned him or I mentioned Daniel Fraser earlier, you know, some of those friends that I made kind of early on um, had sort of that same history as me. And then, um, you know, you go to a school like MBCI, I mean, it's not that everybody there is Mennonite clearly, but um, you know, they have chapel, they have Bible class, they have, you know, the things that I was used to as at church. Um, And so I had all that. And then, Lo and behold, you know, again, four years later, Yuri Gladio comes along and it's like, it was almost like you were the first person that I had that different perspective from in terms of, obviously you're still, um, obviously you're still Christian, but 
you had a completely different perspective on things. And the fact that you were so um, willing to share that and so willing to be open about it and everything like that probably really helped open my eyes a little bit because, you know, looking back on it to that point in terms of knowing what being Christian was or what was around me and everything, I was probably pretty sheltered. Mm -hmm. There was one time where we were, uh, there was a group of us standing. It was at the end of lunch. This is in high school. I think I may have been, I was definitely, it was grade 11. So this is the first year we knew each other. There was a group of us standing. Um, I believe that there was uh, Matt Welk and Ben Bergman, me and you, and then maybe some other people. And I was explaining that I could only, uh, for the music tour, I had to come late. Yes. Because Easter fell, uh, like Orthodox Easter fell during the first part of music yes, tour. I so I had this. to like, I had to stay, do Easter, and then fly in to music tour for the yeah. second half. And nobody understood. All, nobody understood. And, I'm, and every, you know, and I'm saying, but Easter's important. Easter's important. And I remember you piped up and said, but you know, isn't every day Easter? <laughs> and um, I didn't have a response to that in the moment. But it was one of those conversations where, uh, where um, I remember leaving the conversation and then being like, "Oh yeah, I, re- you know, now I know what I would say." <laughs> yeah, they'd come back like an hour in, in response because it is, you know, in a Christian sense, yeah, it is true. Every single Which, day is is the new the new life, so to speak, right? See, that's funny though because I, I I remember saying that, but right before you said when I was started to pipe in. I thought you were going to say that I came in to defend you that, you know, that you, everybody should well, be respectful of, I but I didn't I do that think, at all. <laughs> well, well, is that what you remember? Well, no, that's not what I remember. But if you, if we had that same conversation now, I would like to think that that's what I would right, say, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I, I think, and then I believe that that is the same conversation in which our drama teacher, Mr. Shane Cooney walked up to the yeah, group of us. Be, yeah. Uh, maybe I'm conflating two different stories. It could but be, but it's good. He be. was, uh, we, we had, a, and we, the bell had rung and the class was five minutes in and it, our class was drama class with Mr. Cooney. And then he, yeah. he's like, why aren't you in class? No, it was, why it aren't was, you in class? No, it was, it was, he, uh, he came down to the cafeteria. We were all standing in the cafeteria and, uh, he looked at you guys and he's, cause I, it wasn't my class. It was your guys' class. I think I had a spare and he looked at you guys and he's like, aren't you supposed to be in my class right now? And you guys looked at him and you were like, aren't you supposed to be teaching that class right now? And his response was, well, I have a student teacher. Do you have a student student? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> That's um, funny, actually, that that was a conversation. All right, we're going to change gears here. Okay. What is the most uncomfortable religious experience that you've been a part of or that you've participated in or witnessed the most uncomfortable like uncomfortable mm-hmm. in terms of in in any way whether it's just a a, a a sermon that completely flopped and the person tripped on their way back down to their seat or oh goodness <laughs> or or, okay. or or like you you are suddenly all, all of a sudden in a weird church and they're you know something doing something weird or something um, okay, so a couple of things come to mind, what, a couple of which are, are not deep at all and not things that I, um, you know, but still good stories. I remember one time we had a speaker at, at Fort Gary who came in, um, I think he was maybe affiliated with the university, with one of the universities, I can't remember. And, um, and he had a, he had a good sermon. It was good. Like he, he did, he was speaking about, you know, 
students and studying and kind of um, how they relate to, to church and to Christianity and everything. And it was a great sermon. And then at the very end, um, I guess he was doing repeating a quote and it was supposed to be, um, you know, and if you do this and this and if you do all these things, you will have success. And that was supposed to be the end of the sermon. But he had, I guess, what you'd call a Freudian slip. So he's like, you know, if you do this and this and this, you will have sex. <laughs> and, and then you could see he turned completely beet red and I yeah. felt so bad for him. And then he goes, I meant success. And it was kind of like one of those things where, you know, you nobody's, this isn't like Conan. Like this isn't, nobody's going to start laughing <laughs> yeah. in the middle yeah. of church. Clapping and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like everybody's kind of looking at each other uncomfortable. So that was, that was one just because it was, you know. Yeah, I, I've, I've been in churches with sermons that were perhaps boring and then <laughs> all of a sudden this is not a joke i was at a orthodox church and I yeah. somebody was preaching and the freudian slip uh shifted from organism oh, to orgasm yeah and everyone's head in the church just shoots up <laughs> excuse me <laughs> this this is going to be an interesting sermon <laughs> yeah that's like um yeah it, it was but it was it's one of those two words like you know everybody kind of wants to laugh, but partly because you don't want the guy to feel right. even worse. But also, right. um, you know, it's it's just probably not something you should be laughing about. It, I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, other uncomfortable situations. You know, I I, I think back. I, I was uncomfortable with it at the time. I don't know if I would still be uncomfortable with it. But I remember going back to kind of that youth group thing. Um, we did um, a foot washing. Uh, mm-hmm. with, uh, I think this was maybe on a youth retreat and, um, you know, which is a great idea. And I think it's something it's, it's obviously rooted in, 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 in the Bible and with, and Jesus with, with foot, with mm-hmm. washing your feet and kind of the humility behind it and everything. Um, but with when you're, when you have teenagers involved, it can become very, um, uncomfortable, <laughs> So I think back to that, and I was probably like, you know, 14 or 15 or something like that. And I mean, back then, clearly did not have the maturity level to appreciate kind of what was going on. And But I still wanted to take it seriously, but I felt like nobody else was taking it seriously. So it became this very uncomfortable thing. So that's kind of the first thing that comes to, to mind. Um, you know, the, the, the thing with... Um, you you mentioned music too earlier, and I remember we went to many different churches there. And I'm, I'm trying to think of of the different situations that we were in, and, and um, yeah, uncomfortable. That's a good question. There was so to go back to our high school days, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which we seem to be reminiscing on That's here. That's what we do all the time. Yeah, um, we like to live in the past. Yeah, I'm Orthodox. We like the past. <laughs> uh, so uh, there was a like our senior retreat and there was a, a speaker that okay. they had at yeah, the senior yeah. retreat who who annoyed the heck out of me yes he did <laughs> and he made me so frustrated and I, like he, uh, he would he would be like okay we're going to pull the room stand on this side of the room if you think Jesus should like own a Lamborghini and stand yeah, on this side of the room if you think he should or like how many sweaters is it okay for a christian to own and you know da 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 you and, know what it was Yuri? i think i remember i remember this it was cuz he would be asking lots of kind of theoretical questions like that and um i think the question was do you think jesus would take the bus if he lived in Winnipeg or it was something along those lines. Mm-hmm. 
And it was sort of like an open mic and you could just go up and, and oh, and I went up. Answer was, yes. And you went up <laughs> and your answer was something along the lines of um, how does that help us get saved or something like that, I think. <laughs> and I remember so actually talking about uncomfortable that I was uncomfortable because, you know, you're in high school, you're associated with your friends. And you, yeah, I was associated I walk up with there. You. I, I remember I remember saying something along the lines of like, Jesus isn't living here now. He lived yeah. here 2000 years ago. Like, yeah, know, these thought experiments are, are not that useful. Yeah. And, and I remember and they took the mic away from me. I, I that that I don't remember, but I'm not mm. surprised. <laughs> and um, I do remember having a very spirited conversation with you, and not just me, but it was a bunch of us, mm-hmm. whoever was in our in our room that yeah. night, mm-hmm. um, having a very spirited conversation. And um, I mean, I think I, I would have only known you for a year, a year and a half, a at year that point. and a half. Yeah. And um, I remember, I think it was I think it was our friend James saying something like you know, that you, you know, you didn't have to screw up the guy's activity or whatever. Yeah. And I still remember to this day, you kind of say like sitting back and saying like, well, perhaps I shouldn't have said that. And that was like a light bulb moment for me. I'm like, holy smokes, we can actually convince Yuri of something other than, (laughs) no, I'm, I'm mostly joking, but it was, it was, it was kind of a, you know, that was the first time when I was like, okay, well, we can have a back and forth here and we can convince each other of, of that, you know. I, I remember your role in that conversation being very moderate, like being like a moderator. Um, would, but that's that would, your, I think that's your personality. That so. would make sense. I was also growing up between my siblings. I was often the peacemaker. So that would make sense. Oh, yeah. Well, let's, go back, to, let's go back to your childhood then. <laughs> We're talking about the past. Let's go even further into the past. Sure. So you moderated uh, discussions. I moderated, I moderated fights between my my siblings. Uh, I I don't actually remember my role as being moderator, but you know that that is part of my personality, I guess, right? Like I, I try not to get too um, too too up or too down. I mean, it sounds kind of cliched. I, yeah. I don't let don't get too high, don't get too low, um, and like and, and I I remember texting you earlier this this year a couple months ago with all this sort of political stuff that's going on and saying I was going to make my own political party being the center as center as possible just because we don't have enough of that mm-hmm. so that fits mm-hmm. with my personality yep you got to be careful calling yourself a centrist now that's true Yuri I'm curious what would be maybe you've talked about this in previous podcasts I haven't listened to every minute in my extensive research have here. you listened to any minute yes I have I did I did in the last uh, in the last three and a half hours I did <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious about your. What about you in, in terms of being uncomfortable in situations? Like where where would you oh, where would you have been uncomfortable? I I've been uncomfortable many times, uh, mostly because I was a Orthodox Christian living in a non Orthodox context, right. which is good. Like the the um, it's like working out at the gym. You 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 build muscle. You build build endurance through resistance. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you never go to the gym, you're never building any muscle. Totally. So yeah. one of the reasons I'm interested in questions of religion and, and spirituality and everything is because of all the resistance. Uh, so in, if you go back and listen to the Daniel Bergman episode, I talk mm-hmm. about me playing worship at soar. Oh yeah. And yeah. kind of r- running out of there as fast as I could with my head down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you can go back and listen to that if you, if you want to hear that. I will. Um, yeah. 
uh, sometimes at uh, NBCI. Uh, I, I don't know, just the whole kind of Protestant worship thing was uncomfortable. We had a, a guy came into NBCI one time. So we're in, we're in high school. Our high school is acronymed NBCI. And we had every every six school days, we had a chapel session. So mm-hmm. the, in, it's like the, it's an assembly. And they would have usually a guest speaker do kind of a sermon or whatever. And this guy came in and started talking about how incense is useless and you shouldn't use it. It's like demonic. And, you know, pictures of holy people, you should never use that. It's demonic. And he basically is listing all these orthodox practices. But I mean... For him, they were Catholic practices, but the Orthodox right. do them too. Um, and just ba- he was basically denouncing my faith, and I'm yeah. sitting in the room saying everything that um, you hold to be important was useless. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember the the next class we had was Bible class, and that was Ugh. with Mr. Dirksen, not no relation to you, correct? Uh, who's who's now Doctor Dirksen at Canadian yes. University, a very well respected gentleman. And he came to my desk and said, so Yuri, what did you think about that sermon? <laughs> and, and I just, I gave, I was like, da, 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 this is what I think. This is what I think. This is what I think. He's like, uh, something like you're a good Orthodox Christian. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, that's interesting because that's, that's not something, you know, I wonder how I would have fared in, in a, in your situation where, mm. you know, you're brought up, and you not not just that you brought up you're brought up that way but you live that way and now you're basically thrown into the situation where it's like i mean i don't want to say it's night and day between the orthodox and mennonite but it kind of is in in some ways <clears throat> excuse me and um i I don't, I don't know i wonder how i would do put it to a situation like that where i'm kind of surrounded by mm-hmm. something completely different right um, I, you have not been to basically any Orthodox services as far as I can remember, except for my ordination, I think, and my wedding. Correct. Yeah, I, t- I think that's correct. Were you at my wedding? Uh, I was at your wedding. Yes. Great. great. <laughs> um, I'm wondering, can you give me like your impressions of those experiences as an outsider? Yeah. Um, you know, I think. There's lots and be of be honest. No, I know, and I'm, I'm I'm kind of thinking about what what's what are the things that stick out to me. I think um, it's and and I've been to so I've been to a couple of Orthodox services. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I've been to, but um, I've also been to a few like Catholic funerals. So I can kind of mm-hmm. you know I'm kind of putting the two together. But I know that there's a lot of. I mean, this was the case at your wedding too. There's a lot more music. Like it's 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 basically it's almost all. I shouldn't say almost all, but to me, the proportion of music to, you know, spoken word, it was a lot, there's a lot more music, whatever that ratio is. Um, not the same kind of music where we have guitars, bass, and drums in a Mennonite church, but still some really, you know, beautiful, um, you know, it takes talent to, to do the music that you're doing in Orthodox services. And I always really appreciated that um that side of things because to me that felt more um i don't know like it 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 feels a little bit more uh what's the word i'm looking for it's just for for lack of better way of saying it it's almost like it's being taken more seriously and i don't mean to that you know oh daniel dirksen doesn't think that mennonites take church seriously i don't mean it that way but um 
you know, it gives it a little bit more um, solemnity. Yeah, solemnity, a little bit gravitas. Is that the, is that the word? Yeah, that yeah, like, that's a know? good that's a good word. It gives a little I need, bit I need more to gain that. another. I need to gain another thirty pounds before I can say I have gravitas. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I I think I always appreciated that side of things, and without getting into the the theology between um, you know the Catholic Church and the Orthodox mm-hmm. Church. Uh, I think I always appreciated that sort of solemnity is a good word. I think gravitas, I think that um, kind of just, I mean, this is literally what gravitas means, but that weight behind everything. And it's kind of like every word has so much thought behind it. So I think going into a situation or going into a service like that, I've, I've always appreciated that sort of thing because it should be taken seriously. And again, I'm not saying that Protestant churches don't, that Mennonite churches don't, but it's that kind of like, you know, in your face gravitas in a good way, in a very good way. <laughs> right. Uh, what about the bad stuff? Why, 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 well, why wouldn't you go to an Orthodox church then, Daniel? Why wouldn't I go to an Orthodox church? Well, you know, I, I, I think I appreciate. I, why, why don't you go? Yeah, to an that's a good question. Is, yeah. the, is the real question. Yeah. See, I mean, I'd love to get into the sort of deep theological discussion um, but to be entirely honest, I just don't think, I don't think I'm equipped to do that. But I think if, if you're looking at it just from the, um, from the aspect of, of just the service alone. So I'm just going to talk, just thinking about that, you know, I think as much as I enjoy the gravitas and everything like that, I also enjoy a little bit of just kind of worship music and enjoy, um, somebody going up there and, and giving their, you know, 20 to 30 minute sermon sort of thing. And, um, there's something about that and yeah, that's, that's an excellent question. That's not a very good answer. Oh, I think it's a good answer. The, the (laughs) Orthodox people tend to not understand why other people don't become Orthodox. Right. Right. Um, because the being an Orthodox Christian is sort of like being a fan of a giant, long convoluted movie series or tv show yeah right so say for example the the marvel movies the superhero movies are a big deal in our culture right now yeah and um and if you are into them you've probably followed them for a while or at least have gone back and watched the movies in somewhat of their chronological order yeah you know the heroes. There's there starts to be intertextuality, right? So in a Iron Man movie, they might include something which is a quote unquote Easter egg or a reference without saying that that's what they're doing to like a Spider Man movie or or something like that. There's this communication between all these movies. Yeah. So if if you're clued in, it's awesome. It's you know, really cool, right? I think but that's if you're not clued in then you have no idea. Like it's, for example, one of the first Marvel movies that my wife watched was infinity war, which is like the climax of like 30 (laughs) different superhero movies and all this stuff is happening. And it's, it's like a a really climactic movie in the entire Marvel cinematic universe, but it carries zero impact unless you actually know the, the intertextuality of it all. You know, that's actually probably a good way of putting it because I think, um, you go to an Orthodox service. Um, and again, in my limited experience of going to Orthodox services, you, you know, stuff is going on (laughs) and I'm kind of like, I'm thinking back on it. I'm kind of thinking to myself, I'm like, 
I kind of want to look around and be like, do you guys know what's happening? Like, cause I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, which is because like you said, you're missing that context a little bit. And if you're not part of it, or if you haven't been a part of it, then you might kind of miss, miss the context and miss the point of it. So, you know, what I said earlier about the gravitas um, is kind of a really shallow observation, but if you get deep into it, there's obviously some significance to everything. So to everything that goes on in Orthodox church, which I really appreciate. There's always that significance. Um, mm -hmm. I just wish I knew sometimes what it always was about. So uh, before I get to my last question of our public yeah. episode, uh, I want to give a little teaser for our Patreon episode. Okay. So Daniel, I will be asking you about uh, your wife and your wife's religious background and, and sort of the, the melding of you and your wife in terms of religious values and, and things like that. How did that all work? Uh, was there tension? Was it smooth? This is, I, I actually don't know. So this will all right. be learning this for the first time. Um, I'm also going to be talking and asking you about sports and religion and okay. the, the connections in there. So our listeners that don't know, Daniel is a referee for Canadian football who's quickly working his way up the ranks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Those, yeah, I'm a... I'm a I, I will qualify that because I am official for all amateur football. I do not do any professional football as of yet. Yeah, but like amateur is also like university football. That's true, yes. So, you're, you know, I'll build you up and you can tear yourself down. But okay. You'll be, uh, do you'll, be doing the great, you'll be doing the Grey Cup one day. So. We'll see about that. Referee mode. <laughs> um, then, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about religion and the connection with um, the connection with sports, but also not just in a intellectual sense, but in your own life, like in what ways has religion maybe um, replaced certain aspects of, uh, or, or sports replaced certain aspects of religion or right. how, how does that relationship um, between sports and religion work in your own life? Cause I've thought a lot about how it influences my life and um, I, I've, I've thought a lot about it and I'm interested to sort of walk through that with yeah, you sure. as well. That'd be cool. But to take us to the end of the public episode, um, I'm wondering if you can, if if I were to ask you, what is one flashbulb um, moment of something um, faith-based or spirituality, maybe in your childhood, uh, perhaps uh, a moment of, um, I don't know, divine intervention or of realizing something um, or, or anything like that. I'm wondering if you have any anything like that sort of like a and by do you mean like kind of a light bulb moment like this sort of a turning point sort of thing yeah yeah and it doesn't necessarily need to be just like this thing that happened to me in a moment it could be like a person you met but you can't say me uh or it could be <laughs> it could be any like a anything so to speak yeah i think you know i i don't know that i have really one light bulb moment but again going back to sort of when i when i was thinking about myself and kind of the things that I could talk about and the stories that I could tell or whatever, I really just kept coming back to people in my life. And I'm not talking about you, <laughs> but, um, you know, going back to my family, my parents, particularly, um, my parents have always set this example of, and I, I mentioned them earlier in terms of like, you know, always going to church and always keeping things and, and, both of my parents have always been um, very supportive, but also very open about 
keeping God at the forefront of everything and sort of that that should be influencing everything in terms of decisions you make in life. And, you know, my, I think my dad is the perfect example of somebody who, you know, you just, for me looking at him, like, I just want to do what he does. It's not that he told me this is the way you should be doing things. This, you should be doing things like this and this and this, it's just the way that he lived his life. And I think, um, if you talk about light bulb moments, it was sort of when I kind of realized that, you know, I didn't really need to necessarily listen for when he told me how to do things. It was just be a good example. And that's kind of the way I try and live my own life, I guess, is, you know, I'm not, I'm not a rah, rah, you know, speaker, big speaker, big person like that. I just try and live life in a way that others can look at me and say, hopefully, you know, that's a good example. Um, so to me, it's kind of just looking back on that. I have, like I said, a big brother who's um, clearly a, a good example of somebody that has spent, you know, much of his life studying theology and studying philosophy. And I've asked him some questions over the years too. But um, I just look back at the people that have been such a good example to me. Um, and that's how I try and live my life. Just be a good example. And to me, that's, I mean, that's the closest thing to a, to a light bulb sort of thing was when I realized that I don't need to be the one that's out there telling you what to do or telling you how to do things. If I just live my life a certain way, that's just, that's what fits my personality. There's some people that have great personalities. You, you're one of them, Yuri, that, that can go out and, and speak and, and be able to, um, you know, have people follow clearly. You know, I don't, I don't know that I have that personality, but I do have the personality that hopefully I can, you know, live a good enough life and be a good enough example that other people can hopefully look at me and think you know that's a good example that's my goal anyway if you'd like to listen to the second half of this interview you can head over to patreon.com slash priest your support is what makes this podcast possible thanks for listening say why would you look outside yourself when you have all of the world inside